Hello moms, this is Holly McLean, the Mommy Answer Lady, and today we are going to discuss parental maturity and how our actions as parents can predict our children's future. What needs to change in your life as a mom to give your child the best chance of success? Before we move on in this podcast, I did want to just go over those first five things that are in the effective or foundational parental mindset. Number one, you are in charge. Number two, sacrifice. You put their best interests ahead of your own. Number three, what you allow in moderation, they may do to excess. And number four, parental maturity. Those last two are the ones we're going to talk about today. And then number five, building a relationship of trust. I also want to go over the three things every child should know. Number one, they know you love them. Number two, they know you know what's best for them. And number three, they know you will use your authority to make sure what's best for them is done. So now we're going to talk about number three from the foundational parental mindset, what you do in moderation your children may do to excess. Now that phrase is said different ways. Sometimes it's your children will excuse to excess. Sometimes it's your children will do to excess. I like to say your children may do to excess. So I want us to think about a scenario that we can all picture in our mind to get the point across with this particular aspect of foundational parenting. Think back to the 1900s. What was acceptable behavior then, acceptable dress then? How did people behave differently then than they do now? Let's just take dress, for instance. That's a real easy one, a real visual one. We can look at a swimsuit, for instance. That's a kind of an exaggerated one that we can uh, see the differences. If you think back maybe to the 1800s, when there were swimsuits then, they were completely covering a woman from the neck to the toes. There was no skin showing. In about 1906 or so, part of the leg was showing above the knee, so it had moved quite a bit in in about a 20-year period from the end of the uh, 1800s, 1875 or so, up to 1906. Part of the leg showing above the knee at that point, the shoulders are now exposed, where they were covered all the way down to their wrists before that. Then in the 1920s, the full form was shown. So before that, um, it wasn't, the, the swimsuits were not tight to your body. They were still loose and uh, puffy even. And then in the 1920s, it started to be closer to the body and it exposed between the upper leg and the knee. The sleeveless shirt look was on the top, like a sleeveless shirt. And by the 1940s, the legs were completely uncovered and there was a thin strap over the shoulder. So in the 1950s and 60s, that's when now the midriff's starting to show, there's starting to be two-piece suits that have, you know, nothing in between them. And by the 60s and 70s, we had bikinis. In the 80s, everything even got lower cut on, in the front and higher cut on the sides. And now in the 2000s, like there's practically nothing. I mean, they're almost out there naked. 
In fact, a lot of the swimsuits are smaller than the underwear that women wear. So if you think about that example of the differences between uh, one generation to the next, you can really get a good picture of how if one parent or a grandparent does something in moderation, a child and their children and their grandchildren may do that same thing to excess. So as soon as the uh, ankle started becoming uh, uncovered, the knees started becoming uncovered and so on and so on, it just kept going, right? Now, I'm not suggesting that we all wear puffy swimsuits. I That's not the point that at all. I'm not suggesting what kind of swimsuits we wear right now. I'm just talking about how the progression happens from one thing to the next. And if you think back at, to maybe the people in the 20s or before that, they would be completely appalled. It would be completely unacceptable in their mind what happened to their grandchildren and great-grandchildren and, and so on with dress, right? They'd be completely unacceptable. But it's those little things that change over time that show what a child or grandchildren and their grandchildren and so on are going to do. When you think about that in the relationship to you and your child, you're going to relate this to your parenting and realize that your relationship with your child is like a micro scenario of this progression. Okay, it's just the things that you do in your life, your children may excuse to excess. And they may, your grandchildren may do things that you never would have thought they would have done. But it started with your example. So it's really important to think about where do I want my child to be as an adult and think on that mindset. So that's part of the parental maturity we're going to talk about. In one of the past podcasts that I did, I gave the example of language, uh, tattoos, smoking and drinking. I think I used smoking. I'm not sure. I definitely said something about drinking. Um, so when you think about how over time things that were unacceptable become acceptable, you need to think about these other things, maybe things that are in your life that you might want to consider changing now that you're thinking about what kind of parent you can be, what kind of mom you can be. So think about your language. One of the examples I did give was if you use foul language in just, just when you're angry, Okay, not not even in your regular conversation, but just when you get angry or when you're just exaggerating something, you know, to to express something in a more exaggerated way. And so you use a cuss word. You need to expect that if you do that, your children are going to use foul language in their regular conversation. And what are your grandchildren then going to do? Do you want your children and your grandchildren to use foul language in their life, in social settings, and so on. If you don't, it's important that you don't use it under any circumstances. And what about smoking? If you smoke cigarettes, you probably have a habit if you do that. It's not like something that someone smokes a cigarette every so often, right? Uh, Usually it's a habit. So that's a habit that you want to break. You want to do everything you can to break that habit. I know it's very addictive. And if you are in that situation, that's going to be a difficult thing. But hey, you're here listening to this podcast because you want to change things. You want to make things better. And this is one of the things that you could change. 
In fact, if you do have a habit of smoking, for you to overcome that, think of what a great example that's going to be to your children. It's going to be a really good example. But it's a really bad example to continue doing something that you know is not good. And you definitely don't want your children to smoke. I don't know of any parents that want their children to smoke. Okay, I, I don't know of any. If you are a parent that smokes, I know you don't want your children to smoke. So do something about it in your own life and overcome it. I know that's hard, but do it. You can do it. Uh, what about drinking? I know there's going to be people that are listening to this that drink sometimes. I, I realize that. I want to suggest that you consider not doing that. Now, I know that's a big thing to say. I know that. <laughs> Some people are going to go, okay, I'm done with this podcast completely because I am going to drink wine or I'm going to drink whatever. Just remember what you do in moderation, your children may do to excess. Your grandchildren may do to excess. If you take that out of your life and say, this isn't healthy, it isn't good for me to do this, then you can expect your children are going to see that. And it's more likely that they won't be involved in it, especially if you act as though it's not appropriate or acceptable. Now, I've heard a lot of people who start talking about drinking and uh, they will say things like, well, all teenagers do that. And I just want to make sure that they don't get really drunk and act silly or crazy or do something they're sorry for, you know, later. I, I'm sorry. I just truly do not think that is good parenting. Okay, that is not what you want to say to your children. What you want to say to your children is, I don't want you to drink at all. That's what you want to say to your children. And if you're going to say that, isn't it best that you're not doing it? Yes, it is best. It is best that you're not doing it. Now, I want to say when I talk about some of these things in these podcasts, I really want to suggest that you give me the three times and you're out principle here. Okay? There will be some things I will say that you may not agree with. That's okay. Once you hit three things you don't agree with, then it's okay if you just don't listen to my podcast anymore. You know, <laughs> but I'm going to suggest that you keep listening and consider that maybe there are some things to be gleaned from what I say, even if there's something you don't agree with, because there will be other things that you will agree with and there will be other things that will help you. So even if you don't agree with this, I suggest that you don't give up on me yet. Okay. I'm giving you what I think is best. And what I think is best is that you don't drink and you tell your children not to drink and tell them it's not acceptable and give them reasons why. Just like you don't want them to smoke and you don't smoke and you tell them reasons why. Okay. And then what about, I'm sure most of you also don't want your children to behave in angry ways towards others, towards authorities. You don't want them to lose control. So if you act out in uncontrolled ways, when you get angry towards others, for instance, let's say you're stopped by a policeman and you have, were speeding and your child's in the car. How are you going to behave? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to make excuses? Are you going to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I was speeding. I, I appreciate what you do and I am really sorry for doing that. What's a better example to your child? And what is going to help your child the most in the future? 
I have to tell you that particular thing did happen to me. Now, my child was not in the car, um, but I was speeding, and I wasn't speeding terribly bad, maybe about 8 to 10 miles over the speed limit, which I guess is terribly bad, in, in, depending on your idea of speeding. Um, but um, a police officer stopped me and pulled me over, and I said to him, I'm really sorry. I was speeding, and I, I'm really sorry about that. And he said, oh, you don't have to say that. I think he was shocked that someone just said they're sorry. (laughs) They didn't make excuses and they didn't get mad at him. I think he was shocked at that. And um, I said, no, it's fine to say that because that's what I did. And you're doing your job and I appreciate you doing your job. So I apologize for making you have to stop me and um, that's, that's fine. I didn't appreciate having to pay the ticket, but you know, that's, uh, I did the crime, so <laughs> I had to pay a ticket. And, um, you know, that that's what I want my children to do, though, if they're stopped by a policeman. This is what we're talking about, about parental maturity. I'm going to go on through these other examples, and then we'll talk more about parental maturity, and I think you'll see how that goes together. Um, what about crude or rude behavior? You know, if you uh, say crude things or say rude things, You know, sometimes children, it's bad enough when parents do that, really, but sometimes children don't have a whole bunch of understanding about social filters, right? And so they're going to say something um, in excess when you maybe have done it in moderation. (laughs) So you have to be really careful about where you're leading them with that kind of thing also. And if you're wanting them not to do things that are destructive as young people, is it a good idea to brag? about the things that you used to do as a young person? It really isn't. I've heard parents do that. They don't want their children to go do something crazy, but then they laugh and make light of the things that they did that were really destructive and dangerous. And their children are going to think, oh, that wasn't so bad. Mom or dad did that. It wasn't so big of a deal. They're laughing about it now. That's what they're thinking in their mind. So you have to think about everything that you're putting into your child's mind. You need to make sure that you understand that, especially according to your example, that they're going to make excuses to excess for the things that you might mention now or might do now. Okay. So the reason I put that uh, phrase together with parental maturity is parental maturity is understanding how your present words and actions will affect your child's distant future and acting on that knowledge in a responsible way. So when you're thinking about this, you're thinking, okay, what I'm doing now, my children may do to excess later. Okay, so you have to put that in your mind as a parental maturity. What do you want your child to be like? What do you want for them in their life? What do you want for them in their language? What do you want for them in the way they dress, in their social behavior, in their habits? What things are you going to do now that could direct them in a way that you would want them to go? Now, if you were going to sit down and write a list of all the things that you hope for your child, one of the things that I don't think you're going to put on there is smoking, drinking, cussing, behaving badly in public, losing your temper, those kind of things. You're not going to put those down on your list of things that would describe your child when they're an adult, right? Okay, so those might be things, some of those things might be things that you as a parent need to work on. If your child understands right now, if you were to explain to your child, 
hey, these are my weaknesses. These are problems in my life that I need to work on. Actually, that is really a good example to your children. If you're going to just lay it right out there in front of them and say, you know, this is something I need to work on. So if you've seen me drink, if you've seen me smoke, if you've heard me say bad words, if you have seen me lose my temper to a police officer or another kind of authority, or even just people in the store. You know, the other day I was going down the road and I turned onto a street and up come behind me a lady, I shouldn't say lady, a female person who was in the car behind me and she was flashing her lights and beeping her horn and I thought you know there was an ambulance like oh probably a mile up ahead of me and I thought maybe she needs to get by because she is wanting to go where this ambulance is going or something I just wasn't sure what was going on with her so I kind of pull over to let her go by and she flips me off on her way by and I thought my goodness I hope she doesn't have children (laughs) because I thought what a bad example of how to behave to others is that. And that's kind of happening a lot in our society now. Why is it happening in our society now? Because it's going on in excess now when before that would have been something that would have just been really out of character for most people. And now people come to expect someone to behave like that. So I wasn't actually as shocked as you would think someone might be. At least, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years ago, it would have been a little more shocking to see someone behave like that. Well, now it's kind of the norm. I hope my children never behave like that to anyone. And I hope that they would never see me or my husband behave like that to anyone. I can't imagine that they would because we have really made an effort to not behave that way. Not that we don't make mistakes here and there. We absolutely do. But I will tell you something that I really appreciate about what my husband and I had set out. And I'm not saying this so that you can think of how great I am or how wonderful I am. Definitely there's, you know, things that I have done as a mom that aren't perfect and and I've had to correct. But this is one thing. These are a few, I should say, these are a few different things that we drew a line about in our life with our family. We did not cuss. We don't cuss. We don't. Our, our children have not heard cussing in their home. They do not hear that. And they know from what we've told them that that's not acceptable. And we never want to hear them speak in foul language. So that's been really important. We've kind of drawn a line in the way that we behave so that we are the examples that we need to be to our children. Another thing is smoking and drinking. We never smoked or drank, ever. We don't have alcohol in our home. We don't smoke in our home. We don't allow others to smoke in our home. And we don't allow others to drink in our home. So when our children come to our home, those are lines we've drawn. These might not be the same lines that you want to draw. But these are lines that we've drawn because we want our children not to be involved in that themselves. We don't want them to have foul language. We don't want them drinking or smoking. So we've tried to be really good examples of those things. Like I said, we're not perfect in every way, but in those things, we've drawn our lines. Do you have some lines, things that matter in your life that your children know matter? 
One of the other things was going to church. That was really important to us. So we made sure that we were involved in church. Our children were involved in church because we wanted them to have that relationship with God that we believed would be the most benefit to them and bring the most success and joy and happiness in their life. So there are times when we get angry about things going on at church. Uh, you know, I, I had a friend who I just love so dearly and, uh, she became, uh, an active Christian during the time that I knew her and I still know her, but, um, and I just, she's just so awesome. And I love her. Um, but one of the things I told her when she started getting involved in her Christian walk was there's going to be times when people disappoint you, you're going to go to church and you're going to be upset with people and you're going to be disappointed in them. And I said, don't let your Christian faith be hinging on your relationship with anybody, any person. It has to be full faith in the Lord on your own because that's where it matters. And so when I told her that, I predicted because of experience and anybody who's a a lifelong church member of any kind knows (laughs) things go on at church that disappoint, but that's not what's important. What was important is that we have a life of faith in our own family, and that's what we wanted to pass down to our children. So we wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, even when we became disappointed in things that might happen at church. We continued to go because it wasn't about what was going on with the other people at church. It was about our faith and our service to others. Okay, so that was another line. That was another thing that we put in our family to make sure that we continue to do. And like I said, we are not perfect. I I don't want to in any way suggest that, oh, wow, look how great they are. No, we're not. We make mistakes. And sometimes we have to apologize to our children and to others by for things that we might do that aren't right. But there were certain boundaries and things that we set out that we knew were important for our children and their success and their happiness. And I want to ask you to think through things in your life. What's important to you? What is important that your children glean from your experience and your example so that they can in the future have that support and help in their life to keep them on the right path? What things matter to you? In these areas and other areas, one of the things that I wanted my children to do is be involved in vocal music. So we sang together and I had them sing with me and we we used to perform shows and stuff together. We still sing together sometimes, uh, quite a few times, actually. That was important to me. I wanted them to have that benefit. And so we worked on that together. What things are important to you that your children are able to glean from your example and the things that you do with them? Think about it. When they grow up, what skills do you want them to have? And what examples do you want to have put before them? Now, for any of you moms that have any children who are older than infants, you are going to know what I'm talking about when I say children always think about precedents. Precedents are part of parental maturity. What that means is a precedent is an earlier event or action that is regarded as an example or a guide to be considered in subsequent similar circumstances. That's the definition that I looked up. It means something that you do once under certain circumstances. Your children expect that same thing to happen the next time. 
And in fact, sometimes they kind of demand it because it's something that they like. Now, of course, there's the other end of things that they don't like, and you want them to understand the precedent. For instance, some of the things we talked about, about um, how to discipline your children uh, and to stop them from screaming or whatever. Um, You do that one thing. And you do it every time, and they expect it. You have set a precedent the first time you did it, and then you keep it going. That's good. But precedents are things that are going to matter to your children. They're going to use something that has happened in the past, and they're going to say, but last time, this. So they see it as whatever it was. That's acceptable because last time, this is what happened. And they're going to expect that. So precedents, uh, we're going to talk about that more in the future in some of our podcasts and how you have to be really careful about some of the precedents you set. But precedents matter in per, as far as thinking of parental maturity, because when you do something and you make a decision, how is that going to affect the future? How is that going to affect the next time this particular scenario comes up? And you have to think about all the things that surround it. And then is that precedent going to be a good one to set or not? So we're going to talk about that more in the future, uh, in some of the future podcasts. So I'm going to end this podcast now, and I'm going to let you know the next podcast we're going to do is going to be about building a relationship of trust. That's the last part of the foundational parental mindset, building a relationship of trust. I look forward to talking to you again. I really enjoy being able to share these uh, thoughts with you, and I hope that you're enjoying them too. I hope that they're being a benefit to you. I hope you will share them with others. Uh, Remember, you can always get a hold of me by my email, which is now I have a new email. Uh, You can still use the old one, but this new one is holly, H-O-L-L-Y, holly at mommyanswerlady.com. That is also my website, mommyanswerlady.com, so you can see these podcasts there. Um, I also have a website called Mentor for Moms, and it all goes back to the Mommy Answer Lady website. Um, There's lots of articles on there about different aspects of parenting, and I am collecting questions now because in the future I'm going to start doing some video podcasts, and I will be answering questions on my video podcasts, so you can send your questions in. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Send them to holly at mommyanswerlady.com. We have so many more things to talk about, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I'll let you go now, and remember moms, you can do this.